Live from London, <clears throat> this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. My name is Joseph Hammond. I'm a primary school music and computing specialist. Um, on today's show, I'm going to talk a bit about e-safety and I'm going to talk a bit about reading for pleasure and we'll see where that takes us. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Awesome. Um, so, uh, welcome to the show, and I hope that your first few weeks back have been all right. I know that there's uh, been a lot of difficulty with um, Omicron variants uh, spreading round um, and staff absences as a result. Um, we've been fairly lucky in my school, but I know others haven't. Um, but what I wanted to talk about today is I wanted to talk a bit about e-safety and I wanted to talk a bit about um, reading for pleasure. And mate, we'll see where that conversation takes us because what I'm trying, what I'm going to try and get at with these topics is that sometimes they can, people will have all sorts of different opinions, especially with reading for pleasure. And I'll get onto that later. But with e-safety, there's, I've noticed when I've seen other people teaching e-safety, when, you know, I used to be a teaching assistant, I've noticed a few things that I think could be improved and could be better. Um, and the main problem that I see with a lot of e-safety teaching is that there's, it's teachers, especially at primary school level, teachers will follow a set out curriculum. And this can be a problem with music as well. You're teaching both of my specialist subjects, music and uh, computing, are both subjects that typically primary class teachers are the least confident with. Um, it's, it's, they're, they're often cited in as subjects that they wish they didn't have to teach or they don't like teaching. And it's often a case of confidence. And so when that comes to the e-safety side of things, it means that what they're actually doing is they're just following the written word on a prescribed curriculum. And the difference between me taking on e-safety teaching, which I'm really glad I'm doing some of, the, uh, which I'm really glad I'm, we're getting going at my school this term, 
um, as well as some other technology aspects related to the project-based learning that we're doing. But I am in the thick of it. I play a lot of video games, and many of those games are online. I also use social media. I also, I do this show. This is a podcast and a radio show. I'm talking to people right now. Um, and this is, and, and there's a lot that I, there's a lot that I do that means I am actually in the thick of, in the thick of it. And so therefore, when I'm teaching things like e-safety, I can speak from experience. I'm not just I'm not just telling kids um, what the head teacher wants me to tell them or what um, higher ups or people in positions of power want me to tell them. Um, I'm actually in the thick of it, so I can speak from experience. You know, I and and I can therefore things that I say have uh, I, I can I can make them have much more real life meaning for that reason and so I often when I'm uh, I, when I'm talking to children because um, uh, I'm primary they will often come to me for computer related things and they're often very confident talking to me about games that they play and the things that they they do on those games or things that they've seen or done online and I can follow what they're talking about and I I know what they're talking about I know the names of the games that they're playing or the techniques that that they use to win against other people in certain games um and sometimes occasion there have been a few times where they have when I was working in some inner city London schools where I would have to report safeguarding concerns because these kids and I'm glad they would feel comfortable talking to me about these things or that if I overheard them talking about these things I would then you know report it as a safeguarding thing um you know of obviously nobody under 18 should be playing Grand Theft Auto However, it happens, um, especially in, you know, lots of deprived areas in inner city London um, schools. You get kids aged, you know, eight, uh, nine, 10, 11 playing Grand Theft Auto. And, you know, I when kids try and when those kids would then try and talk to me about that, I would then refuse to do so. And I would, you know, let them know that, you know, you should not be playing that. I'm, you know, I am very much, I'm very much, very strict. Uh, what's the word? Very strict about that. Because, um, you know, obviously Grand Theft Auto is a certificate 18. Now, the game, the game itself um, is more, if anyone has played Grand Theft Auto, they'll know it's more of a um, satire of modern life. But that obviously means that 
well, I say a satire of modern life. It's, uh, it's very satirical in its presentation. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, kids should not be seeing that is inappropriate, but it's not. So anyway, my point is, is that they be, being someone who does play games and being someone who is in the thick of a lot of social media and a lot of gaming, that if kids feel comfortable talking to me about, about these things, perhaps maybe thinking they're not going to get told off if they're playing a game that's inappropriate, perhaps they just they just want to tell me things, then, you know, I'm willing to, if it's an age-appropriate game, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy talking to any kids about Minecraft um, or, um, you know, Nintendo games, many Nintendo games, because they are perfectly age-appropriate. And it's... Um, it's something that people's understanding of it, of a lot of these things, can be a combination of ignorance uh, and um, just trying really hard to keep up, but being unable to keep up with um, with kids. And so that's why I believe that many adults and many people working in schools have got to I've got to stay on top, not just, not just in terms of they've got to know the issue, uh, they've got to know the issues or know what the next big dangerous thing is, but in terms of there's always two sides to these things. Like in terms of social media, I am not a fan of TikTok at all. TikTok is in my opinion, a very, very dangerous app. And there's been a lot of, um, yeah, you and me both, says Miss Saeed, yeah. Um, there's been even some of our hosts on Teachers Talk Radio have been victims of um, people spouting or spreading malicious rumours or abuse over TikTok. Now, that's not the reason why I don't like the platform because that happens on all platforms. But, and it's also not because it's Chinese owned. I want to make that very clear. It doesn't matter whether a platform, what country a platform is from, but, but it might have something to do with it due to different laws in China around e-safety and data protection. The, ways in which people can find out personal information, access things or communicate with people for malicious intent on TikTok can be very dangerous. And that's why um and that's why I'm not a fan of TikTok. Now that being said there are still some positive things that have come out of TikTok. Like the, um, when, what's his name? When Nathan, um, oh, I can't remember. I'm, I'm just going to look up his name. But the guy who started the trend of the Weller Man, um, he, um, that was really wholesome when that happened. What's his name? Yeah, Nathan Evans. 
So Nathan Evans, uh, I don't know if this was back when it was known as Musical.ly because um, TikTok used to be called Musical.ly. Um, I don't know if this was the case, but Nathan Evans did um, a he, um, he he posted a video of himself, um, you know, singing the Weller Man um, while while tapping his guitar, and people would then add their own lines to his version so they'd add bass lines they'd add a violin part they'd add you know even an electronic version and people would remix it and it went super viral and that was a really wholesome thing that happened so there's always two sides to these things and if so that's why i feel like it's very important for somebody teaching you safety to speak from experience now I'm sure, uh, I'm sure lots of teachers listening will have seen and will have heard, um, or might have heard of people on Facebook um, posting a photo of an apple and saying, "Please share this as much as possible, so I can show my students that even a simple photo of just an apple can go viral." I've seen a few of those um, in an attempt to shock their students into thinking that you are uh, into knowing that, you know, anything can gather loads of attention on the internet, even the simplest things. I mean, there's so much going around on the internet that that's a lot harder these days, but it certainly does. It certainly does in many ways prove a point. So, um, but I believe that brings me on to my next point. I believe that the number one thing that we need to be doing in e-safety is making things safe to do, not safe from doing. And that's something that I um that's something that I say about lots of things, especially since I work in a primary school. Uh, soon to be all ages school that works uh, that that does everything outdoors and does a lot of forest school and um, therefore we do have a lot of bushcraft so we have even our nursery children using tools with supervision from forest school leaders now and we have tire swings homemade tire swings that we made with ropes and um, tires uh, that are attached to trees and all sorts of things that many schools and many health and safety people wouldn't dare go near because of the risks they might pose. But if you can make it safe to do and it benefits the kids uh, or uh, and, you know, something that might seem like it's not got any educational value, like a tire swing, actually has more benefits than people realise because it's it's meeting the children's sensory needs, not just for special needs kids, but just generally. That being out in nature does meet children's sensory needs. And this is where e-safety, um, this is where... I feel like one of the most common mistakes with teaching e-safety is because um, a lot of it 
is being is people being told you shouldn't do this you should never do this you should be safe from doing it instead of safe to do it so um a good a good example would be i guess um as a lot of the hosts on teachers talk radio myself included have very public um profiles on social media and i have um and you know and i have no problem revealing myself and i have or i have no problem um with i guess being being a public figure or oh, oh, I, I said that sounds like I'm saying I'm really famous but I'm not um I there's there's many hosts on TTR that have got loads more followers than I have but um in the sense that pe- people can find me on social media I'm not uh private but there's still plenty of things that I do keep private that I wouldn't say in this show so i'm making it safe for me to be a host in this show because i'm and i am very open about a lot of things especially the fact that i am on the autistic spectrum i'm very open about that um and um because i believe that well I, I, don't, I don't want people getting the wrong idea about me. So there's a bit of anxiety there. But also people who decide not to engage or understand me in some way um, just because of that, that means that, well, I can then remove those people from my life or try and remove those people from my life because I... I'm not going to let those people get me down. Um, But there are certain things like I'm not going to spout my home address on this show. I'm not going to tell people where I live or where people I know live, obviously, for obvious reasons. And we don't we don't want to tell our children. I don't feel like we should tell our children that they should never put themselves out there online because there are certain certain times and certain things that they can do that would be really wholesome and uh beneficial for people to watch and for people to or or that things that things that they can share um it's just about how much and what you share so um there are there are a couple of examples that I wanted to talk about in this case. Um, I wanted to, there's a YouTuber who starts, uh, uh, he plays video games and he started his YouTube channel when he was seven with the help of his dad. And he is now 15. So he's been a YouTube gamer for, for eight years or so. Um, and he's got, millions of subscribers now when he started out he didn't have that but they um but they built it up um his name is ethan gamer by the way um well he used to be known as ethan gamer tv he's got yeah so he's on uh, currently he has 2.94 million subscribers um and 
he's 15. Um, he earned his first million when he was something like 11, I think. Um, or, or maybe that was on his... Yeah, at 10 or 11, he earned his first million subscribers. Now, um, I have personally met Ethan, um, and he is a really nice kid. And he um, is super humble, makes time for all his fans. His dad's great too, and they know exactly what they're doing. I had a long conversation with Ethan's dad about how they keep it safe, how they keep it wholesome. And yeah, they're doing <clears throat> they're doing an excellent job at that. And you know, being popular on the internet, people are there are trolls that are gonna target you and they do, but Kevin, uh, his dad, makes sure that um, Ethan never sees, um, you know, any particularly nasty comments. Now that Ethan's a teenager, he has a bit more ownership of it. Um, but it's still, they're still very protective and they don't overshare. They uh, do, they they get it, they get it just right. Um, I'm sure... There are plenty of examples of other YouTubers who overshare with their kids, making their kids the star of the show. And there, there's been some examples in the news where there's actually been some abusive cases going on, sadly. But um, <clears throat> but a, a, another good example of a YouTuber that I follow, um, his name is Caleb, uh, Caleb H. Drummer. And he is... I'm dead serious about this. He is one of the best drummers I have ever seen. Um, he could play Paradise City by Guns N' Roses when he was three. He could play Toxicity by System of a Down when he was four. Um, and he could play several uh, Slipknot songs when he was five. He could play uh, Dream Theater and uh, Rush, Tom Sawyer by Rush when he was six, and he's still getting better and better all the time. Um, now, Caleb, again, there's a few photos of the family, and they he, he and his sister are actually on CITV uh, for a uh, filmmaking thing, which was quite a lot of fun, actually. But um, Caleb, yeah, the only videos on the channel is of him drumming, and people some there are some jealous people but most of the people are you know saying how incredible he is and he is incredible um and they they manage it really well because Caleb still has from what it seems a, a very normal life um and so yeah, there there is there is a way of there is a way of doing these things. I think the point I'm trying to make is if you've got something valuable to share and you're under 13, which is the age you can just have a YouTube account, or you're under 18 um, and you're not legally an adult, if you've got something valuable to share that's going to be, um, as I say, valuable to others, inspiring to others, then children shouldn't be stopped from doing that in the name of e-safety in my opinion um because then the world might miss out on on you know caleb has inspired many many children to take up the drums 
um, he's now seven. And he's inspired children that are older than him and teenagers to take up the drums. Um, and so, but of course, there is a point at which you've got a uh, thing, things have got to, things have got to stop. And I guess many of the cases um, of where adults or, or, or children have been victims of the fame and uh, fa- being famous has been with a few child actors. And I think there's a lot, there's there's many, many stories out there about child actors going in a downward spiral as they've gotten older because, well, being in the spotlight at that age is a very hard thing to do when everyone wants your attention and you don't get any privacy and you have to stay stay hidden. That's a hard thing for someone at a young age. Um, now, um, and I, there's, I guess there's two examples. One is um, a child actor who has managed to become a fairly normal, or well, has managed to transition into adulthood and be, yeah, Nisaid says, Macaulay Culkin had a tough time at a point in his life for precisely that reason. Absolutely, he did. Um, when home, when home alone was released, Macaulay Culkin became a hugely well-known international superstar, and that had a big impact on uh, because he was well known everywhere. He got a bit of an ego when he was like this massive rock star. Um, where especially you can, you can see that in Home Alone two, the swagger that he he portrays. Um, and yeah, it did, it did damage him mentally being that famous and being that well known. Um, they, there is Mara Wilson is an example. Oh, I think he divorced his parents, drugs too, as a younger adult, but glad he's overcome challenges now. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin has now done quite a few. Um, he's actually pretty funny on Twitter. And he see he seems to he does seem to have overcome a lot of those challenges. So yeah, no, that's that's very true. Now, um, I was going to mention Mara Wilson. So for those that don't know, Mara Wilson is the little girl from Matilda, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. She is my age. She's in her early thirties, and um, she has actually remained fairly uh, she has remained well adjusted as an adult and has never had any major controversies or anything like that or any any problems partly because her parents sort of kept it kept it real for her and but also like I guess yeah she had a lot of inner resilience about her and she describes herself when she she does a lot, uh, quite a bit of writing and occasional stage acting. She doesn't enjoy film acting anymore, um, but when she does, she describes herself as a recovering former child actress, and I think that's a great term um, because one of the stories and one of the kids who really suffered sadly 
is Jake Lloyd. Now, Jake Lloyd played Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. He was severely traumatised after that film came out because it was so hyped to almost breaking point. Everyone was super excited to see um, Star Wars, uh, you know, prequels. And then episode one, The Phantom Menace came out and people were not impressed. A lot of people were not impressed because of Jar Jar Binks, because of, well, several reasons. And, you know, people are obviously entitled to their opinion of a film. They're allowed to like it. They're allowed to dislike it. But Jake Lloyd, who played young Anakin Skywalker, suffered a torrent of abuse. And sadly, Star Wars fans modern Star Wars fans can be quite notorious for this, where um, there was a lot of bullying of several actors from the uh, new films, the episodes 7, 8, and 9, um, where even, you know, Kelly Marie Tran, one of the actors who played Rose in The Last Jedi, had to remove herself from social media because of the abuse she was receiving. Sadly, there's a lot of toxicity in uh among star wars fans and it sucks and so sadly jake lloyd who was nine when he filmed um the phantom menace 10 when it came out suffered a lot of bullying and he had to exile himself and it really damaged uh, well he had to sort of run away from show business and fame and the cameras and it really damaged him mentally and it is really sickening what happened to him. So there are there are two sides to these things. I think going back to what the main thing I was talking about with e-safety, you shouldn't... I, I, I believe some people might take the opinion that um, children should not be featured on uh, social media or, or YouTube or... Um, or things or things like that or you know in child acting um it, it's um a very precarious thing however i don't think we should be a hundred percent saying you know children should never be on camera or anything like that what we should be saying is that children should be able to in a safe way and that's um, something that is still a lot of work to be done, especially on social media um, and even in Hollywood and uh, places as well. There's still a lot of work to be done regarding this. But um, if we can make it safe to do, then everyone's going to be happier and um, and we can go to go back to or we can start to just appreciate the uh content for what it is the content and not judge people in such a harsh way um right i'm gonna play the ads and then i think i'll carry on talking about this for a bit because um there's there's more i want to mention oh that not what I intended to do. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. 
Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. Okay, we're back. So, um, back to the topic of um, e-safety. And um, so, if you've... Um, if you skip that, um, I was I was just mentioning um, about the. I think the main point that I want to make in all this e safety talk is that um, me, I am better uh, as as someone who is in the thick of a lot of um, the e safety stuff that is on the curriculum. I believe that I am one of the people who is best placed to talk about e-safety um it's much better speaking from experience than um just regurgitating what you read in a curriculum and um you know that's not a criticism of the curriculums i'm sure lots of the curriculums have very relevant information but if um but my point is, as somebody who plays a lot of online games, as somebody who uses social media, as somebody who does this show, does a podcast, puts myself out there in public, I can speak from experience when talking about um, when talking about these things. And um, so, yeah, I've talked. I've talked a bit about children putting themselves out there on youtube and child actors and things now in terms of games i think this is where the most ignorance is at because everybody has uh, i i pretty much everybody has used youtube pretty much everybody has used social media in some form but not many adults regularly play video games uh some that are my age might have played games when they were a kid but stopped as an adult some might not have played any games at all but as somebody who is in the thick of it who plays games online who has friends that they play with online who they met online now i know that sounds i know that sounds like a bit hypocritical um but or, or or a bit against the safety rules but i have done it um i liked uh, i am 
one of the people who is best placed to talk about how to stay safe on games and what to do if somebody is mean to you and things like that because I've been there I know I know what it's really like um because there are plenty of um people out there and when I say that I play with people online friends that I've met online I had I have I should clarify that I have also I do also know them in real life as well so they run events real life Minecraft events that I've been to and helped at out so I do I do know them in that capacity as well um and it's a very uh I guess that's one thing that I suppose people could question me about because there are that I have but I then again I'm an adult I'm in my 30s I'm not although I'm autistic I'm very high functioning so I perhaps wouldn't be classed as vulnerable and also I know my safety stuff so if a if a um if somebody that I'd met online um I would only meet them in real life in a public event I wouldn't you know I, I wouldn't agree to meet up on the street or something like that so I suppose there is there is that as well um but I guess it is something that people could question me about, but I do, although lots of people aren't who they say they are online, and I do understand that there are people out there who are just happy to play a game with others. And um, my Dungeons and Dragons party that I play with on Saturday nights they i've met the uh dungeon master the guy who runs the game and his son um i've met them in real life but i met them first online um the others i haven't actually met in real life yet but uh, i mean one is from canada so that's impossible but um next to impossible but um but we're still having a lot of fun playing D and D, and it is and it is a public, a public arena. We're not talking privately, and um, because the dungeon master Sparky, his name is, is a streamer, he streams the games on Twitch. It's, um, you know, we're not going to do or say anything that is that is extremely dodgy, because that is in public. Now we do have a massive laugh when we play, but we never we never sort of overstep that line. Um, uh, to be to being you know really inappropriate or anything like that. Um, now when we're talking, um, but when we're talking about meeting people online, yeah, it's it's. If if they haven't had experience of um, I've, of you know people asking to meet them up or asking about uh, where they're from and things, yeah, that 
that's one of the first things that I'm going to uh, talk about with my kids this term is like a sorting through what is personal information, what isn't. Because, and there's some things that I guess we could put in the middle in terms of if they're happy to share that, then they are, uh, then that's, then that's their choice. But if they're not happy to share it, like, as I said, I'm very open about being autistic. Not everyone will want to do that. And I guess in some communities, people could take that really badly. Um, or or in, in the sense that they could see an opportunity for bullying or manipulation. And now, I am part of online communities that are not like that at all. But also, being I am 32 years old, I'm an independent adult, I've, I am strong enough and secure enough and um, stable enough to know if something... Um, oh, thank. Um, you should seriously consider becoming a DSL Senko at some point. Thank you, Miss Saeed. Um, uh, I, I, that, that's that's a very. I, I'm glad you think I'm qualified. Um, sadly, though, I am too passionate about teaching my specialist subjects to probably want to do that myself personally. But I'm, I'm. Thank you for. Uh, thank you for saying that. That's very kind of you. Um, so, and thank you for listening, Miss Said. So, um, where was I? Yeah, about me about meeting people online. Um, you have to. I think the key messages to get across are that yeah, people won't be always be who they say they are online, and that you shouldn't take everything at face value um that those are good points to make but that doesn't always mean that you should be um you should be completely closed off to everyone and everything um i think there's i think there can be there's a line um and people should be allowed to just have a laugh with others and it is certainly possible you can you can have some very wholesome times even you know playing games online yes um one of uh, and there are plenty of trolls online as well and you know what one of the things one of the first things that i am going to do when i do the sea safety is on um, stuff is i am going to talk about people trolls because if you've got it's more dangerous encountering trolls if you've got a game or a community that has loads of people and is hugely public because well because it's popular when things are popular they have lots of trolls um people see it as a target and and then they will use those, and then you get creeps using that platform to try and, um, you know, manipulate others in some very disturbing ways, which I won't go into here. Um, so I think the key things with um, a lot of the games is, is um, especially game popular games like Minecraft or um, I'm going to talk a lot about uh, Roblox now, um, is there should be 
a decent amount of moderation, which Roblox does not have. Now, with Minecraft, it's up to the individual server owners to how they moderate and what they do. So you can, um, if you do your research, you can kind of find out what the, um, how good or how bad the servers are in terms of creating a community that is friendly and welcoming. Um, and they do exist. Believe me, not every online community is toxic. Good communities where people are nice to each other do exist. Um, it's just about finding them and doing a bit of research, uh, doing some research. Um, and um, what was I going to say? So yeah, it, the the bigger the bigger servers or the bigger games, if you're talking Roblox, tend to have the most toxic people. And <clears throat> Roblox need to do better. They have next to no moderation. And so there is a lot of um, inappropriate stuff that um, can happen in Roblox in terms of the games being made involving, you know, lots of really inappropriate things or the um, or people targeting young kids for um malicious means sadly that does happen a lot in roblox and there's next to no moderation um so it's something that you've got to be very careful of now when we're talking about other games other games most other games tend to have one central server and you match make with other players that are similar to your skill level. Um, and they can vary, and, and the friendliness of the community can vary. I guess I'll give two examples of a friendly community and an unfriendly community. There's a video game called Kerbal Space Program, which is all about building rockets and about um and about um flying to the moon and creating a successful space flight program is very complicated and does a lot and there's a lot of physics concepts and rocket science concepts that you can learn through playing the game and there's even a kerbal space program education edition which is more aimed at secondary kids it's still a it's a brilliant game and the community behind Kerbal Space Program are super friendly. Like there's there's plenty of people out there who are willing to help newcomers, give tips and advice, and just generally it's it's really wholesome. And people are support each other and help each other. There's a lot of great things. The opposite of that um is a game like uh league of legends or dota 2 now those games are two of the most competitive in terms of esports and um like competitions where you can win real money and they are as a result 
because it is a very competitive game and because you're forced to be in teams, often with complete strangers. Sadly, they are that both of those games are widely known as two of the most toxic online communities out there. Um, and so because, you know, complete strangers who are hugely competitive being forced to work as a team together on the internet, many of whom are trolls and willing to be abusive towards others, it can be a ver- that, you know, that's just a recipe for disaster. And this is why I don't play those games and why friends that do enjoy the games stopped playing them because of that, because they were so toxic. Um, and yeah, you have to, um, it, you just have to try and, I guess, do, as I say, do research, make sure you know what's what, and nothing beats experience. If you're, you know, you can, you can learn to drive and you can pick it up quickly and you can be good at controlling a car but nothing uh but if you're but you're still inexperienced when you've passed your test and so there's certain things that you can only learn with experience um and it's the same with navigating the online world there's things that come with experience that I know having been in the thick of it that others perhaps don't know so much. Um, and if we, and I think part of that as well, the next thing that I, I, I guess this is a natural transition into it. Part of that is teaching our kids to be creators and, um, understand the inner workings of computers and not just consumers and i think it's good that a lot of it curriculums are going this way to uh with with a move towards creative computing you know writing things in code and even physical computing with the rise of things like uh, uh things like arduino raspberry pi um, and other science, technology, engineering, maths um, stuff. Although I don't call it STEM, I call it STEAM because um, without the arts, without uh, that, the science, technology, engineering, and math side of things, then you just have a, you, you, it, it can get quite bland and formulaic. So it is important to have that. Um, hello, SWRMJNVV. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, so with the advent, uh, um, when when the Raspberry Pi first came out, it was like a big revolution in uh, making physical computing accessible to, um, to others. And since there's been things based on the Raspberry Pi, there's been more child-friendly things. Lego have gotten on the action with Lego Mindstorms and lego uh we do 
um, Spike Prime, um, Coding Express. Those are all the Lego physical computing uh, things that you can do. Minecraft's got in on the action with Minecraft's own coding base, um, which you can combine with an electronics thing called Little Bits to make um, physical things happen in the real world through Minecraft code. Um, and I think my point is um, we've got to teach our kids to be creators and understand lots of inner workings of technology and not just to be consumers. And I think it's good that the curriculum is going that way um, because before the curriculum was just um, a lot of how to be a consumer instead of how to be a creator. Um, and so understanding how a lot of these things work is super important. Now, I, uh, and, and if, and if people have that knowledge, then I feel like they're more likely to avoid certain mistakes that people make when using technology. I feel like they're likely to perhaps be able to improve on, invent new things, which could be of benefit and could be, you know, you, you could be looking at um, the next big inventor in computing in the future. Um, there's, 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 there's so much, there's so much possibility, but that's not going to come by just teaching children to be, to be consumers. And then if you teach, if you teach them all those inner workings, then they can make smarter decisions themselves. Nothing is more powerful than empowering our children. They are using nanotechnology on us. I normally keep my TV on all the time lately. I start, I started coughing. Someone told me to turn off my TV. I started to get better. Right. Um, okay. Hmm. <laughs> Not sure what to say about that. I mean, obviously too much TV can be, um, can be harmful. Um, but yes, um, we've got what we, what we, my point, my point is if we're talking e-safety and we're talking, um, we're talking, uh, computers and things, teaching our kids to be creators, consumers, making it safe to do, not safe from doing is the key. And, you know, screen time is a, another debate entirely, but. There are so there are loads of benefits to being savvy with technology that it would be important not to overlook. Now, I'm saying this um, okay. Um, I think that um where was I? I've lost my train of thought. Um I th I think that um that 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 yeah I I I remember what I was going to say so I'm saying this as somebody who works in a forest school a full time forest school everything we do is outdoors we uh, want to rebuild children's connection with nature we want them to play outside a lot and that is exactly what we do but that doesn't mean that we just completely ditch the uh, technology side of things. And um, it is it is something that you have to get a balance of. 
if you get the right balance, um, then then that is then that's where you have a successful e-safety curriculum, a successful computing and technology curriculum. And if it's taught by specialists who can speak from experience, that's so much more powerful than than something than if than than if not. And it's something that children, teenagers, um, they use a lot of, um, they use a lot of, well, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have Bluetooth on all the time, regardless, because, um, if you have Bluetooth on all the time, um, that is quite, uh, surprisingly easy to hack for those that know what they're doing. So yeah, yeah, um, don't have Bluetooth turned on all the time. That is, that is a good piece of advice. Um, so and and I guess people, children will use technology and use computers for their own pleasure. And so you just want to make it so that they're smart about it, so that they make good decisions, so that they're safe about it. And the next topic that I was going to go on to was about, um, was about reading for pleasure. And I think that and I guess they do relate to each other in a way that, you know, I think you don't, you're, you're less likely to put people, put children off technology um, if you teach it in a very prescriptive way than you are reading. But I guess it is similar in a way. You want to empower children with technology and you want to empower children to enjoy reading so they can make decisions for themselves. And I think I'll talk a bit more about this after a news break. And then we'll finish with some songs. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Colin's Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Saturday the 15th of January is the deadline for applications to primary schools in England. Parents with children due to start school in September 2022 must go through their local authority to apply for places at their chosen primary schools. In figures released on the Department for Education's blog Education Hub, 
it is highlighted that 91.8% of families were offered their first choice of primary school in 2021, with 98% receiving offers from one of their top three choices. The website details advice on how to access applications and information on how places are allocated in line with schools' admissions criteria. In Northern Ireland, a profoundly deaf pupil from County Antrim is campaigning for a Sign Language Act after being made aware of how other people in the hearing loss community are supported outside of the province. Alanis Miller is currently studying A-levels in Life and Health Sciences and Mathematics. She hopes to study Health and Social Care and Social Policy at University and has applied to Ulster University and the University of Edinburgh. During the application process, Alanis was made aware that it was not guaranteed that a British Sign Language interpreter would be available for lectures at Ulster University. However, if Alanis was to study in Edinburgh, an interpreter would be guaranteed due to the Sign Language Act in Scotland. Alanis has now begun a campaign appealing for the introduction of a Sign Language Act in Northern Ireland. In a letter to the Lord Mayor of Belfast City Council, she stated that it was important to promote access and that no deaf student should experience the frustrations of being held responsible for their own support needs. The campaign has been praised by the Lord Mayor of Belfast City Council and the head teacher of the secondary school Alanis attends. The Evening Standard reports that hundreds of thousands of pupils will be guaranteed careers advice from the age of 11 if a proposed new law continues to be backed by MPs. The Education Careers Guidance in Schools Bill has cleared the House of Commons with an unopposed third reading and will now undergo further scrutiny in the House of Lords. If the bill is successful, all schools across England will have to guarantee careers guidance to pupils from Year 7, including those who attend academies. In an article on the website Monitor, Emily Marakthor writes about the impact of the pandemic on school children in Uganda. Many children have only just returned to classrooms this month although relief is expressed by many that this long-awaited return is now a reality. Whilst there is no telling if the return to schools will be disrupted further, the majority are happy to be back, although Uganda's education leaders state that they will continue to ask, what can we do to improve educational opportunities for our children? This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Last week I looked at some free apps for the New Year's resolution of getting fit and healthy. This week I tried a few things out and I'm ready to present my findings. First up, the free version of MyFitnessPal. There's an old age saying that 90% of fitness is in the kitchen. If you want to get in shape, you have to have the right building blocks to do so. With this in mind, I set out to log everything I ate and for good measure, I even broke out the scales to get portion sizes correct. My first discovery is that 45 grams of granola the recommended portion size is nothing like the portion i've been having in fact i'd go as far as to say that it wouldn't even fill a hamster realizing i was eating three or four times the portion i was supposed to has made me think about my other choices so i ate the recommended 45 grams and logged the milk i was surprised how easy it was to find foods in the search feature even supermarket brands the app gave me a calorie target based on my weight height and goal i'd chosen as I had a coffee, I decided to map out my day and stick to it to stop myself cheating. After a week of tracking, I reviewed what I was eating. I could see where most fat and calories were coming from, allowing me to consider, I'm not promising anything, where I could make changes. The question you want me to answer is, did I lose weight? The answer is yes, but I think my next experiment had the most impact on that. 
Over the break, I managed to fall asleep watching TV and woke up to an infomercial on a DVD box set to get fit in 60 days. 60 days sounds quite quick, but thinking about it, it's practically two months. However, I did a bit of research and found a program that didn't need any weights or equipment, just floor space. I picked up the Insanity Workout series for around £35 on Amazon. My thinking being, you'd pay that for a month in a gym and I get to keep this forever. Now, I will confess, I do consider myself quite fit already. However, nothing could have prepared me for this. With Sean T, the amazing energetic coach screaming dig deeper and about 20 fitness professionals bouncing around what looked like a high school gym i've spent 45 minutes a day for the past six days jumping stretching squatting and definitely sweating being honest i was ready to tap out after the warm-up on day one i'm not gonna lie i used muscles i don't think i've ever used by day three even sitting still and lying in bed at night hurt after pushing through today on day seven a rest day the pain has subsided and i feel great i just have one word of warning if you're looking to do something like this the long walk from the car park with load books may be impossible in the first week read the disclaimer this is not to be taken lightly in conclusion i can't see myself keeping up my fitness pal once the novelty wears off but it has made me look at my diet a dvd fitness program for me is great finding 45 minutes is not always easy and if you want to try before you buy if you're a member of netflix or prime already there's programs on there which are already in your subscription next week we're back to tech for teaching i'm steve woods and this was two minute tech two minute tech with steve woods your tech briefing on teachers talk radio okay um i've just had a caller so i'm just gonna unmute my caller hello hello how you doing um, right. i would i wouldn't um advise uh, keeping the tv on all night I did. I did. I, I used to do that, and it started to get me sick. And um, they're using te- uh, nanotechnology and programming, like the info commercials, and they're using nanotechnology and stuff through the uh, TV, through the airwaves now, Bluetooth, everything else like that. And uh, anyway, my my sister she homeschooled her kids, and they came out better for it. I I, I think. Uh, they they uh they had interaction with the church, and they they they're real sweethearts, you know. So uh, homeschooling my aunt, she homeschools uh, the, she homeschools kids with uh, with disabilities, and she they do good. Uh, I've seen I've seen uh, they're autistic kids, and she homeschools them, and they're they're real bright kids. Yeah, I've got, um, I, I mean, my school is very different. We're very progressive. Like, we don't follow the national curriculum entirely. Like, 100% of what we do is outdoors, and we do a lot of project-based learning and den building and forest school-based stuff. So um, I think what my point I've been trying to make in this show is there often there often needs to be a good balance because I think – while it's good to, as you say, turning the TV, you shouldn't be, as you say, to, uh, having the TV on while you sleep. That is, uh, no, you shouldn't. And you shouldn't have Bluetooth on all the time either because it's easily hackable. I, I completely get that. However, if we do, if we completely neglect to teach our children about, about using, technology using technology in a safe way, I'm just going to mute you because you're echoing. Um, if we don't teach our um, children to use technology in a safe way, then they're going to come across it at some point. And 
if they don't know how to use it in a safe way, they could get themselves into all sorts of danger. So, um, and I can appreciate the um, benefits of homeschooling. Um, like lots of my kids uh, that I have at my school used to be homeschooled before they joined us because they saw a school that fitted their needs and what they uh, that that went that didn't follow the system. So um, I'll give you a chance to respond. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Oh, well, well, I, I went. I was. I me me myself. I went. I was educated. I went to private schools, and, to, and I didn't really like the private schools, and I went back to regular public school. But um, we had we had a chance to for our education was paid for it. So, which some people don't get. I even grew up having uh, Britannica at home, which most people don't have. We, um, in my school, we have um, several bursary places. Although we, um, although we have, um, although my school is a fee-paying school, sadly, because the government in the UK would never run the way that we do things at my school as a state school. <laughs> It, we are still a social enterprise and we are still passionate about what we do. And we offer as many bursary places as we can so that people can come without having to pay the fees. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. If we could run my type of forest school as a state school, we would. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for calling thank in. You. I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to move on now, but thank you for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Um, so what I would, um, like to do now is I would like to, um, talk a bit about reading for pleasure because I was talking a bit about using technology and, uh, how reading though is the one thing that if we don't get the teaching right, then we put kids off it for life. And the English curriculum is can be so prescriptive. Um, and this was something that my school, we've now ditched Ofsted, and we're part of the Independent Schools Association, which I'm very happy about. But when we were part of Ofsted, one of the things that Ofsted had a real problem with with us was that we had such a focus on reading for pleasure um, and that we wanted to give kids the chance to read what they want to read or that they're that they're read to by by the people looking after them their parents and it's just something that's beaten out of kids at such um, an early age because there's so much uh requirements of phonics and uh, grammar and spelling and punctuation and things like that that and and that sort of enjoying reading is beaten out of them and uh and so it's so important for people to um for, for children to be allowed to read the things that they want to leave and read and to develop a a love of it rather than just reading what they're told to read by their teacher and only for work purposes. You can 
there's certain things they won't be able to access until they learn certain things. So we do do phonics teaching and we keep that fairly traditional at my school, even though my school is very progressive. But we also want to, um, we also, yeah, really focus on reading for pleasure. Um, my family was big on education. I don't say something without doing the research about it first. That would be talking out of the side of my neck. Yeah, I do. I do get that. Um, I've got, I mean, I do know what I'm talking about because, I mean, although I'm not as experienced as others, I do have uh, 10 years of experience in schools and uh, five years of experience as a full-time teacher. So um, I've seen, I've seen a lot. And I I know I I know several things about what works and what doesn't. Um, as I say, there are certain things that you can access. Um, there are certain things that children need to learn to access. But if we um, if we just tell them to do the prescribed reading curriculum without giving them the opportunity to enjoy reading, then they're going to grow up to hate it. Um, and uh, it's they don't pay teachers enough. Yes, that's a topic for another. Uh, that's definitely a topic that many people could go on for hours about. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and so I, I really, I really like to, it's, it, it's similar with computers, you've got to I think the reading uh, curriculum around English reading, writing, etc., has got to be more based on children's interests, and uh, and there's got to be changes to the way it's done if we want to get our, our children enjoying reading and writing, which it should it should be. They should be able to learning learning to read and write is one of the basic skills we teach children in school, but if they don't enjoy doing it, um, then well, if they enjoy doing it, they're much more likely to be far more advanced at it um, at, at an at an at an earlier age. Um, research. Uh, there was a piece of research um, that said that it takes. 100 uh, it takes something like 200 repetitions it's for a child to master a skill if they are um if they are just doing it whereas if they're doing it through play it takes 10 to 20 repetitions for a child to master that skill i can't remember where that research is from but it's worth it's worth um it's, it's worth looking that up. Um, there's, there's something else that suggests that another piece of research suggested that it takes something like 10,000 hours of practice to uh, master a skill. But my point is, if we're reading, um, if we're reading for pleasure, then it's only gonna, if that research, you know, it's a theory, but in theory, we should only be able to see a word that we're unfamiliar with maybe 10 to 20 times before, uh, well, possibly less for us to properly understand that word without having to think hard about it. 
as opposed to a lot more than that. Um, and that's about writing engaging stories and, um, you know, reading things that are engaging for children. And um, all right. So that, that's my two cents about e-safety and about reading for pleasure. Right. I've got 15 minutes. I managed to um, I managed to talk, probably repeated myself a few times, but I managed to talk quite a bit without um, guests today, which is good. So um, to finish with, as always, I'm going to play some songs. I'm just going to read a couple other messages in chat. Yeah, my aunt did very well for herself on the teacher budget. She manages my money now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is something um, that, yeah, it teachers should be paid more. I think many teachers would, uh, most teachers and mo a lot of people would agree with that. Um, but there is something to be said for also managing money properly and starting side hustles as well to boost your income if you can um those are all things that i'd highly recommend you do um and yeah when you're an adult um i'm just reading these other messages about getting smarter when you're older and um going to college when you're 50 years old um and yeah, there's nothing to stop people from carrying on learning, you know, being a lifelong learner. Um, if you're learning new skills um, all the time and be, being wh whatever your goals are, whether that's, you know, starting a business, whether that's um, starting a social enterprise or a charity or whatever your goals are, it's actually um, you can there's plenty of ways of learning those skills these days. Anyway, I'm going to play some songs now. Um, I was going to school for business. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my songs today, I wanted to talk a bit about um, children's TV theme tunes, because this is, I guess, this is something that you can actually do a surprising amount with. Um, and I wanted to uh, play um, a couple of those to you today because um, especially if you're working with early years and e-stage one, then the, you can have a lot of success with, um, with TV theme tunes um, because they have a lot of they, they're, they're very catchy tunes and the children can get enthusiastic about them. Um, and so I've had a lot of requests in terms of, um, from my kids in terms of learning these theme tunes and the way that they are, uh, the way that they are sung and, uh, and, and then, and then getting the kids to join in with them is, is, is great fun. Um, now, the first one I'm going to do, and I've got a couple of stories about this, is um, is SpongeBob SquarePants. Now, um, I, I guess I was motivated to start, you know, having a laugh with this in school because um, Corey Taylor from Slipknot actually does this song in uh, his acoustic gigs, um, and it's hilarious. You get, um, you get. Um, What's it? Yeah, you've got these grown 
heavy metal fans going to see Corey Taylor play acoustic songs and they all want him to play SpongeBob and he's and he's just well up for it. Um he's he's actually although you know Slipknot are all very shock value, they're also very nice people. Um so um I always I always uh I always just start with Are you ready, kids? As the song starts and then the kids they're supposed to say aye aye captain but they go yay I can't hear you yay and then we go Oh lives in a pineapple under the sea SpongeBob Square Pants absorbent in yellow and forest disease SpongeBob Square Pants hypnotic or not to be something you wish SpongeBob Square Pants then jump on the deck and love like a fish SpongeBob Square Pants SpongeBob SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants, SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah, that winds up my deputy head no end. He uh, he really doesn't like it when I do that. Not not seriously, just as a laugh though. Um, but yeah. That's that's a great one to just make lots of noise in the school, and it often I can often be heard across the school when I do that, so it's good fun. Um, now, if you've got very young children, you've probably seen Paw Patrol a lot on the TV and stuff. But you know what? Although lots of people might be sick of it, I have to say one thing about Paw Patrol: it does have some pretty good music. I mean, some of the songs are pretty catchy. And uh, got some good instrumentals as well. Um, I, it's it's actually surprising. So, like the the theme song is pretty rocking. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be there on the double whenever you're in trouble. Round Adventure Bay, Ryder and his team of pups come and save the day. Marshall, Rubble, Chase, Rocky, Zuma, Sky, yeah, they're on the way. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, be there on the double. No jobs too big, no pumps too small. Paw Patrol is on a roll. So here we go, Paw Patrol. with the nursery kids they um they request that a lot um which is which is fine I'm, I'm always up for that i often um i often do that as a um i often do that as uh where, while, while we're having snack i'll play songs that they just want to listen to me play and then we'll do action-based songs that they join in with when they're not eating snack anymore so that's that's the way i work it but there's 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 others as well um the tractor ted was one that i i got requested by a reception child and so i learned to do that it's actually it's actually quite a catchy uh, it's actually quite a catchy tune Tractor Ted is asleep in his shed as the cockerel says good morning. So much to do, Farmer Tom and Peach to down on the farm exploring. Welcome to the farm, Tractor Ted. 
let's go see the ball with Tractor Ted. Etc. So yeah, no, it's a good, uh, it's a good little um, farmyard song that one. Um, right, lots of lots of early years uh, songs. I think I'm gonna um, I'm gonna finish very soon. But before that, I wanted to um, play what? Let's let's finish with one more song and. I've talked a bit about uh, musicals and um, it's very possible to do songs that actually you might think are a bit complex. And I've got a funny story about this one. I'm going to play and sing Revolting Children by Mat uh, from Matilda the Musical. Um, I actually have taught lots of my kids this and they... Um, and they, it's in my choir, in my uh, one of my old school choirs back when I was um, when I was in mainstream school. I had a whole choreographed routine about this. That when we did it as when we did it as an encore, it was quite funny. That there's lots of weird timings um, in this song because it goes into seven eight time and uh, um, all sorts of things and. The audience trying to clap along to that was pretty funny because um, they were expecting it to just be, oh, yeah, just four beats like this, but it's not. So they, they sort of got a bit confused. But, um, yeah, if you can pull this off, it, it's very impressive. Oh, and we also had the children throw paper aeroplanes into the, into the audience. That was great fun. Um... she get the best of me never again will she take away my freedom and we won't forget the day we fought for the right to be a little bit naughty never again will the chokey door slam never again will I be bullied and never again will I doubt it when my mommy says I'm a miracle never again never again will we live behind bars never again Become a screaming war. Take out your hockey stick and use it as a sword. There again will we be ignored. We'll find out when George is stored and draw rude pictures on the board. It's not insulting, we're revolting. We can SPL how we like if enough of us are wrong. wrong it's right, everybody's an ORT. Why? Because we're a little bit naughty. So we're going to say inside the line and participate at the same time. There is nothing that drugs will can do. Revolting. We are revolting children living in revolting times. We 
And on that note, I am going to end my show there. Thank you very much if you came on to listen. Thank you very much if you downloaded and listened. And I will see you next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.